everybody, and welcome to episode four of the podcast for teaching and learning. In this episode, we sit down with a man of many titles, Dr. Jason Hilton. Dr. Hilton is an associate professor of secondary education and foundations of education. He's the director of the Honors College, and he also serves as the local chapter president for SRU ABSCUF, our faculty union. Jason gives us a behind the scenes look into how the union helped prepare for the fall 2020 semester, the COVID pandemic, and SRU's potential integration with Edinburgh University. Take a listen. Today, our guest, Dr. Jason Hilton. Uh, listen, man, I was going to introduce you, but you have so many crazy titles that I'm not even going to waste my breath. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm Dr. Jason Hilton. Um, I'm an associate professor of education in secondary education and foundations of education. Um, I am also the director of the Honors College but the reason that I think you called me in here is that I happen to be the local chapter president uh, for SRU APSCUF, which is our faculty union. Yeah. And so thank you. That is what we wanted to chat with you about today was we've been talking all things fall 2020. And of course, given the current circumstances that we're all faced with, a lot of that has to focus on the way that we are teaching and sort of not just how we got there, but where we go from here. And, and we just wanted to get that perspective, uh, you know, in the past, we talked to Dr. Abby Zink. We got her perspective on it. We've talked to some other people as well. So we appreciate you coming on. And yeah, well, I'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> well, I'm happy to, to share the perspective. It's been a, a real evolution in perspective, actually, over the last five months. Um, you know, when I, joined, when I came to Slippery Rock University, I immediately joined APSCUF. Um, and I did that largely because when I was a public school teacher, I was a member of my union there, too. And so I've been a union member now for 19 years, um, but this is the first year where I felt like we were doing what unions were originally meant to do. So if you think back historically, unions were really about safety and protecting the workers, right? Stopping them from getting injured in steel mills and stopping them from being um, shot at like in, in, in Homestead from the from the Pinkertons and things of that nature, right? And from that point forward, you know, if I think about my union, my union years up until this summer, it was more about bargaining for traditional things that you would bargain for, wages, benefits, and also sort of protecting um, some working conditions. But never until this summer did I feel like we were actually back to having to protect the safety of our workers, right? The, the original core mission. And a lot of what we did over the summer was realizing that we couldn't, as a faculty, teach if we were unsafe, right? And, and how do we create safety? And what does safety mean in a, in a pandemic that we barely understand? Uh, what does safety mean when, we're, when we've chosen as careers to be surrounded by young folks who are risk takers of their own accord, right? How do we create that kind of safety? So it was, it was, at one point, it dawned on me, I was like, I'm walking in the shoes of people from 100 plus years ago who were like trying to make these same negotiations and then trying to figure out how can we deliver the Slippery Rock product, right? Which is this great education that is not just about what you learn in class, but who you connect to in class and how you connect to the community at Slippery Rock. And so how do we like get all of that together, right? How do we, and that's, it's just been a wild kind of ride. I'd have to say over the last few months yeah, trying I to make that work. I would, yeah. I would say that's an understatement. And honestly to, uh, to give a little shout out to, to not just you and the AMSCOV team, but SRU's administration. And mm -hmm. the, I mean, a ton of faculty that put a lot of work in this summer, you know, 
coming full spectrum from where we thought we might be on campus to then being multimodal until then being mostly online. Uh, there's a lot of time and effort that went into that. So I appreciate the time. Uh, I hope everyone else does. And if they don't, they, you know, might want to do a little self-check in the mirror because sure. y'all put in some ridiculous time and effort into getting us where we are today. I don't know how you do it. Uh, I certainly don't want to be the person that does it. So I'm grateful for people like you and everyone else. So thanks. Well, one, of the, one of the things I got to say, um, you know, we're really, you know, fortunate, blessed, whatever term you want to use at Slippery Rock, that our, um, our administration and our faculty union really work well together. You know, it really is shared governance. There's a lot of conversation back and forth. From the very beginning, we were involved in trying to figure out what instruction would look like and what safety would look like. At many of the other campuses on our, in our system, there was no conversation at all. It was, it will look like this. It's going to be this, right? And because we were able to be in that conversation and our voice mattered, you know, the faculty were really able to drive what their future was going to look like, right? What the instructional models were going to look like, what the safety concerns would be, those sorts of things. So even as the, you know, it sort of evolved over the summer, everybody was sort of hoping for this and then hoping for this and then hoping for this, right? Um, that evolution was never a forced upon us. It was always a, a together made decision, you know, with the best interests of our faculty and students in mind. And, and really, again, about making sure that our instruction was as high quality as it can be. Yeah. And I think that's what provided a lot of faculty, at least the ones that, that I've talked to. And I know Brian has had similar conversations to so that sense of relief that we got that when we, we had the plan in place and it was the plan that we were going with, we felt good about it and then we can move forward and we can make a plan. And then, you know, there's a lot of people that have done a lot of creative things this semester that mm -hmm. are trying new things that are, you know, look, it's not what we all wanted. That's for sure. I would love to be in my classroom with students instead of in my basement talking to them on a computer. But like you said, I mean, we go back to the root of everything and, you know, safety first and community and student engagement and student learning. We're getting there, man. Is it going to be perfect? Doubt it. Are we going to sit back in November and look back in this semester and be like, Ooh, that didn't go so well. I'm sure we will with some things. It was the first week of semester and I tried something new and already canned it. So I, I made it only a week into the semester before I pivoted somewhere else. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I mean, you're not alone, right? We've, we've had a number of good um, zoom malfunctions and honors already large, like 200 student honors meetings where the breakout rooms don't work or whatever. Right. You know, the nice thing is that um, our students seem to be in for the ride with us, right? And they, you know, I mean, what I try to do when I'm teaching, of course, is, is laugh and joke as much as I do in the rest of my life, right? It's pretty, pretty how much that goes. But I think that they're seeing that this is a culture where it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay. And then we're kind of forge this path together. And it, you know, I mean, I don't, I haven't polled my students or anything, but they seem to, to enjoy this sort of um, community thrive or the community push through this thing as, as a group. And, um, you know, I was with teaching one of my classes today and I was thinking, you know, it's a, it's a first seminar and, and first seminar is not typically my favorite course because it can be a little crickety. It's not exactly my specialty is education. I want to talk a little about that. Uh, but these students all came together. They were so excited to like chat and zoom and get the chance to interact with each other. And it was just, it really left me excited. So I'm, I'm betting that faculty all over campus are having these same you know, surprise moments where they're not doing the thing they idealized, but wow, there's like this great moments in class where people are with you. You know, I think it's, I think I bet that's happening everywhere.
Yeah, it's it's fun. There is an aspect of it, like you're looking in my basement and yeah. something, and I'm looking in people's bedrooms and dining rooms and kitchens and all kinds of, and it is, it's fun. There is, there is a fun element. And you brought up a good point about making mistakes and owning those mistakes. I think that if that's a lesson that we can take away from this, look, I'm all about failure being one of the best teachers. And I think, I'm not saying that we go out there and fail, but I'm saying we try something new. If it doesn't go well, like Nick's uh, team's approach, <laughs> it doesn't go so well. Listen, it happens, you tried it. And more importantly, our students see us trying things and maybe not going so well. I know in education, and Jason, you can probably relate to this as well. I tell them all the time, you're never going to teach a perfect lesson the first time. It's just not going to happen. But if you always play it safe, then you're never going to, you're never going to get better. So I, I like it. I like what we're doing. I like where we're going. I know everyone's excited about getting back face to face, but I think we're making the best of it so far. So I'm hopeful. Yeah, I, I think we've been getting a lot of reports from students and from other faculty that they are just finding the joy in, in this approach. Um, you know, some of it is the, the risk taking of doing something new because everything we're doing is new, right? So, you know, you remember, the, remember those early lessons you taught way back in the day and you were like excited to get to the school and teach those early lessons because they were fresh. You know, it's almost that kind of fresh feel. Now it comes with the stress of extra preparation, right? It's not, it's not without its counterbalance of, of the extra work that goes into it, but the execution, even when it's not perfect, feels like you did something, right? It feels like you, you engaged in something new. Um, and I, I just think that's inspiring. And I know it was one of the things that some faculty were a little nervous about this summer in the lead up to the fall semester was this, the stress over, do I have to double prep? Do I have to, do I have to prep an online course and a face-to-face -face course if I'm going to be teaching? And so I, I hope that the, as we made the transition into a more online environment, that those anxieties sort of decreased a little bit and people could focus more on, on what they wanted to teach and how they wanted to teach it. Yeah. I, I think we're actually pioneering things that may stick around too. You know, we, we probably never will look like we did back in February of 2019. So there will be new, you know, distance modalities, multimodal will get expanded. Some of the ways in which activities are being done. You know, I think we, we're going to see that there are some real positives out of this that will shape the way Slippery Rock delivers education and in, into the future. Yeah, and I know, I mean, one of the things we talked about when we had Provost uh, Zinc on here was, you know, the OWL cameras, we're not using them now, but they are absolutely going to be integrated into our future uh, instruction. And mm -hmm. I think that's, look, we're going to do some good things. We can bring up the Edinburgh topic if we want, but we talked about those OWL cameras. And that could be a pretty sweet way to sort of bridge some of those connections with Edinburgh. Oh, I, I think you're right. Um you know, I, I was in a meeting today where someone was on one of the OWL cameras. And so I, you know, I got a chance to experience it sort of live as a part of a department meeting. I mean, I had seen the demo and, and they do look like a really interesting technology. Um, I, I would be remiss though, if I didn't acknowledge that not everyone experiences them the same way. Um, because, you know, the, being broadcast out across the web for some faculty is a real anxiety causing thing, right? Um, there are horror stories of faculty members who have been screenshotted and memed and sort of bullied by students in distant spaces. And, and there's a lot of anxiety around that. And that, those anxieties disproportionately affect our diverse faculty members, right? Um, and uh, so I think it's important that we, we go forward in a considered way. But of course, that's, 
that's part of AppScout's role too, is to consider that way as we go forward. Um, but one of the things that's been wonderful about where we work um, and the way that the CBA governs it is that we really do have a protected academic freedom to approach these classes the way we want, you know, with the technology, you know, we require that faculty members get that distance education certification so that they have some abilities and some knowledge and some skills uh, related to this kind of thing. So there's a lot of strengths that are built into that, into that contract that allow us to be the best we can be in, in these formats too, I think. Yeah. And I don't know, Brian, you can probably speak to this. I think more than anyone in here is just how many faculty have reached out to not just you, but to Mark and Bill and, you know, look, we do, we have the academic freedom to do whatever we want and people are taking advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, one thing that's been consistent and I think it's, it speaks back to what um, Jason was talking about earlier is, is there's a sense of collective humility on our campus that I think may be a bit unique and faculty and administrators realizing that this is new space. This is new territory that we've not done before. And even my team, who's supposed to be the, the group that leads faculty in terms of innovation and, and teaching and learning, um, this is new for us too. And we don't have all those answers. And so there has been a tremendous amount of um, creativity and um, you know, humility among faculty and staff to, to just say, you know, I don't know what to do here. I have an instructional problem. What can, what can I do to make this most effective for my students? And I think that's been awesome. And, you know, you see that um, in terms of faculty collaboration and participation in the distance ed certification, like J Jason mentioned, there are 157 157 faculty currently engaged and working through the distance ed certification, many of who have already had that type of training, but are looking to come back to be refreshed. So it's exciting to see, and it's super encouraging. Yeah, I, I, I enrolled in that too. Uh, so not, not that I've had a chance to hit start on it yet, but definitely enrolled in that too. Um, that was actually really nice. Uh, you know, Provost Zink and I were sort of thinking of a way to um, reward faculty for the effort they put in over the summer to get ready for these courses and to even think about the spring because multimodal will be a far more common pedagogy in the spring. Um, and the only other state system university that did anything in this direction is IEP. Um, everyone else, they just put in that time really for, for nothing. So it was, uh, it was great. Uh, it, was, it was another example of that shared governance where Provost Zinc worked with us to, to make sure that there was something there. Um, yeah, there is compensation tied to it, uh, which of course is helpful when you think about the time that goes into yeah. course creation. So. And I think what's also, just to highlight that, the, the, a lot of the professional development that have, has been put together for faculty has been developed by faculty. I know Jason and Jeremy, you guys have both been instrumental in helping develop and design the content of that professional development for faculty. So it, it really is, it, there's a sense of ownership, I think, among our faculty in terms of, of what content's being, being consumed by our faculty and leading the university in a direction that has, comes under a, a unified vision. Um, in fact, we've had just two, two requests this, um, this week from faculty who are taking the distance ed certification who want access to the video content of our own professors to use in their own classes, which is amazing. It's awesome. That's exactly what you want. Right. And, and Nick, you shot a lot of that. <laughs> I don't want to take credit. Oh, yeah. That. <laughs> That's right. You did. <laughs> yeah, no, those so, were fun. I, you awesome. know, I, I think to, the more that we can do that kind of stuff as a faculty to share 
resources. You know, I mean, there's, there's how many of us across this campus and we're all doing awesome things. And to be able to collaborate and share, I mean, I've seen a ton of that even within my own department and seeing other departments and talking with other faculty members, that idea of uh, collaborating, like, well, what did you try? I tried this. It didn't work. Does anybody have any recommendations? Do we, uh, how can we fix this? How, uh, how, how did you make this work? And I mean, it's, it's forced us out of that comfort zone as a, as a faculty of what we're normally used to doing and, and, and putting us into a new environment, but also finding new ways to, to solve new problems. I think it's been really interesting to see that all come together. Yeah. And I, and I, I hope that that's one of the things that we, one of those lessons that we take away from this experience, right? That, look, there's going to be some learning. There's, there's going to be some hard lessons learned yeah. for sure. And I know we're talking all about the great stuff that we're doing and we are doing some amazing things. I'm sure there's some stuff that we're not doing right. And we're going to learn what we're not doing right here pretty soon. And we'll have to make those adjustments. And I think we will. But I hope one of those lessons that we take away from this is this idea of collaboration, especially within our university, because we talk about it all the time. Some of the best meetings or, or committees that we end up on are the ones that are with colleagues from other colleges and other departments and other disciplines and just getting to have those conversations and dang, you're doing what? Like that's, I didn't know you were doing that. I'm doing something similar. Or Nick and I sit down to have coffee one day to talk about videos for a <laughs> FLC and we end up with two podcasts. That never happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I am hopeful for sure. And, uh, you know, we'll get, we'll get the feedback. <laughs> I'm sure it's not all going to be rainbows and butterflies, but right. we'll get it and we'll make adjustments. Jason, thinking about content and moving content online, and, and, and we talked a little bit about academic freedom. Um, would you mind touching just briefly on, on how the union helps protect things like academic freedom, our intellectual property of our courses? I know those are questions that have come up a lot from faculty uh, in terms of who, uh, I'm putting all this stuff online, I'm doing all these videos, who owns the copyright to this content and kind of the union perspective on that? Absolutely. We have it embedded right in the contract that recordings are your property. They are the intellectual property of the faculty member. I um, mean, we guard that right because you could imagine a case where a faculty member maybe records all these dynamic lectures uh, and then that faculty member leaves and they just pander on with those with those lectures and somebody in the background kind of grading assignments, right? I mean, there are models like that out in higher education where the con someone paid to create content and then, you know, technicians basically run the course from the back end while folks, and that's not slippery rock, right? We're a community. We're classroom communities. We're um, constantly trying new things. So even the great class that I had last semester, I'm going to change it this semester so that I can try new stuff, right? Um, and by having that specific language protected in our collective bargaining agreement, we guarantee that we maintain the ownership over what we're teaching, um, that we maintain the rights to pick our books, for instance, um, or our materials that we want to use in class, um, that we maintain the rights to determine how best to assess what happens in our class, um, and that the, the, ultimately the grade students earn, they earned it genuinely from a professor who's thought intentionally about everything that got them to that point, right? So it, it, that's one of the really helpful parts of our, of our um, contract. When you look at institutions that don't have one, you have instances of the institution changing grades. You have instances of, you know, appeals by students that always make it change, right? You have, and it creates this, um, this working condition where faculty are sort of like 
oh, well, whatever then, right? And just start writing it off rather than actually putting in the time um, to, to really, since we own it and we're accountable for it, we put in that time to make it high quality, right? And, and, and so that we know that they're getting what they paid for. Yeah, I know that's been, uh, you know, if you scroll through media and read the articles and that's been one of the main criticisms sort of of this transition into online education is are students getting what they paid for, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's been a concern all summer. It's going to be a concern, you know, now as we move forward is, yeah, <laughs> it's different. And we, all of us in here can probably attest to, we've seen some pretty bad online courses at some mm-hmm. point. And I think there's a collective fear. <laughs> okay, Brian. Yeah. Brian shake his head. For those of you that aren't watching at home, we've we listen. We have we've seen some pretty pretty crappy online courses. And I think there was a general fear of, uh oh, if we're going to put eighty percent of the courses online, or are, are we going to have like eighty percent of our courses be these course in a can where they they sign in on day one and they they're self paced all the way through and. Some students finish in two days, 16 weeks worth of work, and some finish never because there's 32 weeks worth of work. So yeah. I, hopefully we've done a good job balancing that. And again, the, we'll find out. I think sure. a large percentage of our courses are being taught synchronously. You know, yeah, I, I, a lot of the students that, that I've talked to, uh, not just obviously in my classes and my discipline, but across, yeah, there's a lot of students that are sitting down in front of Zoom and engaging. Yeah, that's, that's what we wanted. Well, that's, again, that's slippery rock. It's that community building, right? You can't can that. So it's that getting together, seeing each other, talking to one another, you know, getting, getting the weird insight into each other's basements. You know, that's all. That's, that's honestly part of the slippery rock experience. It's, a, it's that community building that we have. That we're honest and genuine. You know, when you teach it, when you teach it slippery rock, um, and when you're a student at Slippery Rock, you're going to encounter each other. You know, it's not like another university where a, a TA teaches or a GA teaches. You got your professor, you know, right there. And, n- and now you're right here in my basement <laughs> with me, right? And I'm in your bedroom with you, right? Like, we're all going to do this together. <laughs> Jason, has there been any talks, uh, maybe a peek behind the curtain if you can, in terms of what to expect for spring? I mean, I know we're, we're trying to tackle this day by day, but is there is there any kind of hint or inkling or, or something about what's coming up for spring? So a lot of what we did in preparation for what we thought was going to be a, a larger face-to-face fall, um, a, a lot of that will carry over into the spring. So, you know, we even talked about it in sort of the, the, the various fun named committees, like going forward, right? We talked about, um, <laughs> you know, that, that it may feel like the work is for nothing if we all end up online, but this will be the model when we come back, whenever that is, you know, um, I think that, you know, I think we've all learned that we can't predict what's going to happen even two weeks from now. And so no one is, is making any indications about what January might look like. Right. Um, but that would be the underlying structure for a reopening. That's more face-to-face the work that was done, um, in the, in the, in the summer for a, a supposed face-to-face open this fall. Cool. Thanks. I mean, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, it's a nice, I would love as we get back into January to be back in the classroom. Sort of. Yeah. But I do want our, our faculty who are vulnerable and we, we remember the average faculty <laughs> member at Slippery Rock is 55 years old, right? So there's us young bucks hanging around here. And then there's some folks who are a little older than that, who are more predisposed to, to bad 
um, consequences of this virus. So we need to make sure we're protecting them. Yeah, and I think those those OWL units do. I mean, they do provide some some interesting flexibility for the classroom. I mean, it's mm-hmm. I know that we've had um, IT kind of ran that initiative, but we provided the the training for them, and we had I think over 130 faculty come through those training even after the shift was made to more fully online. Faculty still were interested in in the technology and still came in, and I think it was the conversations that I had, at least in the sessions that I I facilitated, the conversations were starting to already move forward um, into the future and talking about how the technology can be used more easily now to bring in guest speakers, right? Because that was always a challenge. You know, what room can I use? I have a guest speaker that wants to remote in. And now we don't have that issue anymore. Any classroom can can facilitate that. And so, yeah, I, I, it's, it's exciting. And I think, Jason, like you said at the beginning, I think this has forever changed um, the face of higher ed. And I think it's, it's up to us now to move it forward in, in a way that's, that's going to continue to change students in positive ways that still have that SRU signature brand to it, which is community. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good place to end it right there. <laughs> there you go. We kind of <laughs> hit it and bring it back full circle to uh, mm-hmm. what we do best. And yeah, I look, look, you can either dread the changes or you can look forward to the changes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I've always We're going to make something good can, out of it. You can run away from it or you can run into it. And I, I think, you know, just like we did with COVID, we just need to lean into this stuff and, and figure out a way to make it work together. Yeah. Well, Jason, we appreciate the time, your perspective, your honest commentary on some of these topics. So, yeah, it was great. It was we, fun hanging out with y'all. It's, we, it's my favorite CTL people. <laughs> we're by no means out of the woods yet. So I uh, don't be surprised if you get another email invite uh, from Nick here uh, as we started thinking about spring, all things Edinburgh, Slippery Rock and and everything in the future. But in the meantime, good luck with all 17 of your roles. Uh, (laughs) I feel bad for your wife and uh, you should get some sleep, dude. All right. (laughs) Thanks a lot, man. See ya. The podcast for teaching and learning is produced and edited by me, Nick Artman, Assistant Professor of Communication. Your hosts are Jeremy Lynch, Associate Professor of Special Education, and Brian Danielson, the Director of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Slippery Rock University. This podcast is sponsored by the Center for Teaching and Learning at Slippery Rock University in Slippery Rock, PA. The mission of the Center for Teaching and Learning is to serve as a resource for faculty that fosters a culture of excellence and innovation in teaching, learning, and scholarship. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast for teaching and learning wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.